Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Cody Elaine Oliver, founder of Black Love, a highlight of Black Love stories focusing on building community and conversation around healthy relationships at every stage of life. We are not only excited to have her on the show today to discuss this beautiful representation of Black truths, but also to hear her share her birth stories, going full circle from wanting a home birth that ended up in a hospital transfer into a C-section, and then a twin V-back. Hello, Cody. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. I'm super excited to be here. Yes. So are we. As we are. (laughs) All right. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. So I am um, from Texas. Tommy, my husband, is from Philly. We met in Toronto, super random, and now we live in L.A. Um, (laughs) All over. We met and married and, well, we met and got engaged in six months, and then we got married 11 months after that, and then we got pregnant. So we got married in February and got pregnant by December. Um, with our first, and um, then we had twins two years after the first was born. Yay! So we are a family of five um, who has just, frankly, been super busy since since meeting. But I think um, since having our oldest, Brooks, business really began for us. Got it. Oh, I love that. Engaged in six. Y'all knew. I were like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Yes, we knew. I mean, he knew. Okay, I'll be honest. I've, I mean, I've said this before, but he knew for sure. He's a very decisive person. And when he decides something, when he's ready, it's time. And I certainly knew how I felt. And I knew that I, you know, I'm not someone who dated without the interest of being married. So from minute one, it was like, could you be my husband? Here's a couple of questions, right? Like I was very right. pointed with it. Um, Literally, like minute one, but um, but you know, still six months. It was a little nerve wracking, but it was like, well, I ain't gonna say no. (laughs) 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 We'll figure it out from there. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? I know that there were two pregnancies, so however you want to start, because I know they can be um all connected. So, yes. It's not linear. I had great pregnancies though with both. I mean, obviously with twins, there's just like inherent differences, <laughs> merely the weight of it all. Um, but with Brooks, my pregnancy was great. Like I did not have morning sickness. I did not have from my memory any like weird pains or anything. Like with the twins, some of those things came in to play. But with Brooks, it was just great. And I always wanted to be a mom. I always used that little bit of pooch that I already had to just like pretend I was pregnant in the mirror in the years <laughs> leading up to actually being pregnant. So to have that was just awesome. Um, no, I mean, I just, I felt really amazing pregnant. A friend recently said that she was looking for pictures of me to put in something. And she was like, I realized I can't find any pictures of you when you're not pregnant. I'm like, cause I love being pregnant. I took a lot of pictures. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah. And so right away, I knew that. And forgive me if I'm like skipping ahead, but 
me being pregnant, I knew that I did not want a hospital birth if I could help it. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't know enough at the beginning to like make that decision, but I knew that I wanted to look into my options. Um, and so like a little bit of backstory, I grew up in a family of doctors, love them all, but they're in Texas. Um, and so I've been in, I lived in DC when I went to college at Howard and then LA for grad school. And so I've been away from Texas for like Oh my God, like over 10 years when I got pregnant. Um, And sadly, my uncle was the chairman, I'm messing up his title, but he ran the UCLA Medical School and Hospital and actually moved to North Carolina to run Duke's hospital system the same year that I had, that I got pregnant. (laughs) So I was like, you know, for a while I was like, I didn't really have to think about it because I was like, if I get pregnant, I'm good. I'll just go up to UCLA and, you know. Um, but he left and, and I was used to my whole life. If I had a medical issue of any kind, somebody with my last name could handle it and I could run home to Texas or my uncle could help me in LA. And so I never really had to think too deeply about it. But with regard to pregnancy, I was fortunate that years before I met my husband and got pregnant, as I mentioned, I always wanted to be a mom. I saw this doc called Birth Story about Ina Mae Gaskins. I worked at a film festival and it happened to be a colleague of mine who's also a producer who produced the doc. And that was my first really introduction into the idea of midwives. Um, I loved the doc. I mean, I loved the graphic, like real 1970s and 80s footage of people giving birth. Um, But they were all white people. And so I was like, this is interesting and amazing. And I'm in LA where crunchy white people are giving birth in this way all the time, Um, which I still admired, but I was like, it doesn't, you know, necessarily like connect, right? I'm like, is this weird for me to be thinking about this? A good friend of mine, um, Ashley Nicole Gross, um, has now had three babies at home, but at that time she had had one. And so she was the first black woman that I knew that did that. And so all of this was long before I was even pregnant. Yeah. But I'm carrying this into, okay, Tommy, we're having, here's the stick. <laughs> we're having a baby. Um, and I got, I got some research to do, right? And he never poo-pooed any of it. You know, he kind of just, whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, there was a level of education for him too, but he never questioned it. He was just like, okay, what's that? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So right away I started researching midwives and doulas. What was the difference? Because I had no idea then. Um, And also wanted to try to find a doctor. I wanted to move this thing along. Um, And so I, let's see, I started working with a doctor at UCLA. I found a black woman that my uncle recommended. And I was happy to have found a black woman, though I did have the, I did not feel special. (laughs) You know, I didn't feel like I was getting the niece treatment, nor did I feel like I was getting the sister girl treatment. (laughs) I just felt like, okay, this is my doctor. Cool. This is how it works. Um, so it wasn't as though it made me feel like I'm going to stop looking for a midwife. Yeah. So I was, I was simultaneously looking for a midwife and I wanted to find a black midwife. I'm just a person who likes to have black people around and especially black people taking care of me. Um, and, and again, come from a family of doctors. I'm just used to my care feeling like family. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm biased and spoiled in that way. Um, so in my quest to find a black midwife in LA, I I just talked to everybody. I mean, I went to a yoga class that ultimately the doula who taught the yoga class was a black woman. I emailed her and she was like, okay, here's some names, yada, yada, yada. 
Um, fast forward to basically finding Kim Durden um, and Heather Schwartz. Um, Kim Durden is to me like the queen of all things uh, black and birth in Los Angeles and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, and, and she is currently a student midwife, which she's been for a long time because she's also a mother of five, maybe six, but <laughs> a mother of a lot of people ranging from mm-hmm. now like seven to, to, to 30. Um, now she's family, but at the time, um, she was this, a student midwife working with, um, another midwife named Heather Schwartz. And so in order for me to get this black midwife, Kim, I, um, had to work with Heather who I loved. So I met them both. Um, and that was how I ended up with my, my midwife family, um, Heather and Kim. And I simultaneously, I still went to the doctor. Um, basically to get certain things that I could not get from my midwives, like um, sonograms and things like that. Um, First pregnancy, just wanted to make sure everything was lining up. I was about 32 or 33. So I wasn't, um, it wasn't a geriatric pregnancy, but we still took all of the um, whatever tests and things that we could get, we took them anyway. So we knew the sex pretty early, all that stuff. Um, So yeah, I worked with them simultaneously and I just really enjoyed the midwife experience. Oh, how did I end up with a home birth? Okay, wait. (laughs) So I did not initially plan to do that. I initially planned to go to a birth center. Again, still seeing the doctor, but that was the plan. And when a midwife that we were talking to decided to close her birth center because more people were preferring home births to birth center births, she kind of convinced us to have a home birth. I um not con- like that 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 was her goal as much as just talking through it. I had always thought of a home birth as this thing that was like again for like crunchy granola people who like have a connection to their home and <laughs> their spiritual place. I'm like we just live in a random apartment like I don't that's not my my spot, right? <laughs> but ultimately being sold to me as like just a place where you can relax afterward. Yeah. You know, it's your house. We clean yeah. it all up. It's like it never happened in terms of the tub and the water and the mess or whatever. Right. Um, so that's when we got comfortable with the idea of a home birth. Um, yeah, so that's the pregnancy and, and up to the birth. I'm happy to jump in, but I'll let you know, you guys. I do have a question. Absolutely. Yes. Um, <laughs> coming from a family of doctors, what was their response to you wanting a home birth? So <clears throat> no one gave me a hard time about it. I would say, well, I forgot. I actually kept it a secret. <laughs> I didn't really talk about it much, actually. Um, I did talk about the fact that I wanted to have as natural a birth as possible. My mom had two C-sections. My sister had two scheduled C-sections. Um, my aunt, who's the wife of the uncle, you know, who's also... Um, who was the head of UCLA's medical system, she had, I think, um, she had three kids and I, none of them were C-sections. And I don't remember if she did drugs or not, but basically she was probably the easiest person to talk to. Mm-hmm. And her being aunt and not mom, she could be like, well, I just want to make sure you're considering. You know, she would be very <laughs> sweet about her, her caution. Yeah. But for the most part, I really didn't tell them for a long time, especially my mom, because I love her to death, but she can just be very, well, this is what happened to me. That's probably what's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to avoid, I wanted to avoid any negative thinking, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to decide if we told her on purpose. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that. Eventually I did tell her, but 
But my mom, she did literally say several times, like, well, I had a C-section. You just had a C-section. You know, you probably have a Mm C-section. Casually, not meaning to be anything other than this is what it is. And that's her experience. Right. Um, I have one cousin who is an OB in Texas. And I came home for the 4th of July. And the baby was due, Brooks was due in September. And she said, without hesitation, without emotion, I can see the way you carry and you're going to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. And so all of that was what I was fighting with. Ugh. All of that was with what is, is what I was grappling with emotionally because I just wanted to protect this space of I can do this. Mm-hmm. Or at least I want the best shot of doing this. I tried to remember that like birth plans change. Like it's okay. Whatever happens is okay as long as me and the baby are healthy. But I didn't want all of these people telling me what it is before I had an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that overall, everybody was pretty cool. My father um, was a doctor. My father passed before I met Tommy. So he probably would have been very supportive. Um, but overall, there's a lot of them. <laughs> and so there were a lot of doctor opinions that I was trying to avoid um, in my family. Um, so, so yeah, after that July, I definitely just stopped talking to anyone really about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I truly, I, I watched um, birth videos on YouTube. And the more, the more graphic, the better. <laughs> I watched Birth Story again. I was reading um, one of Anime's books called, uh, I think it was called Birth Stories or Childbirth, Guide to Childbirth, which was just full of birth stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading those, just trying to like get in the mindset of like, whatever, whatever happens, happens. Um, So when, so Brooks was two weeks late. So that part, if you have a midwife, you cannot give birth after uh, 42 weeks in California. Mm. And so he was due the 21st of September. He ultimately came two weeks of the day later. So for those two weeks, well, shoot, there was even a time where, um, the, my doctor had me come in and she was talking to me about induction. Mm-hmm. And I just did not want to do that. I did not want to do that. Um, I felt like any medical intervention was just the road to a C-section. So, um, <laughs> so Kim and Heather gave me all sorts of uh, smoothies and uh, nipple stimulation and all the things to try to get this baby to come mm-hmm. for two weeks. And he did not until I um, started having contractions at like 2 a.m. on the night before two weeks. Um, and that, that um, labor started. And uh, so from 2 a.m. to probably 5 p.m. the next day was when Heather and, and, and uh, Kim came over, um, you know, just continuing to go through the contractions. And um, I never, my water never broke. Ultimately, they broke it. Um, I did lose my mu- mucus plug. Um, but yeah, so we, so they came over evening the next day after we just like walked all day and did that kind of thing. Um, and by... 6 a.m. So it was tough. I mean, it was just the bath. It was the the tub. It was, they broke my water. It was just contractions after contractions, but no baby. Um, and at some point we, we, we laid down to rest, Tommy and I, and I started having a sharp pain in my side and every contraction made that worse. And we don't know still what that was, but, um, I started having this sharp pain and I mean for hours. So let's say by 2 a.m. the next night, so 24 hours in at this point is when that started. 
And it was just so bad that by 6 a.m., because I couldn't rest, by 6 a.m., we decided to go to the hospital and get an epidural. Um, and so we go, we, you know, and I was okay with it, right? It was just like well over 24 hours. They had broken my water, um, still no baby. And I just could not function with this, with this side pain. So we decided to go to the hospital and um, got the epidural, got some rest. Tommy and I napped. Um, and I remember we woke up and we started talking about if they suggest a C-section, what do we want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, it had been so long that we decided like we'd be okay with it if it, if it came up, if it became necessary. Yeah. Um, and probably five minutes after that conversation, uh, there's beeping, the, everyone rushes in, baby's heart rate has dropped, needs to have an emergency C-section. So prep me, prep him, run into the OR. We get in there and um, they say his heart rate is stabilized, but you're here. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And, and it, happened, it all happened very quickly. And by then, you know, like I said, they broke my water. There was meconium in the water. We just wanted Brooks to be safe and have and healthy. And we were ready. We were ready to see him. Mm-hmm. So we, we did the C-section. And again, I didn't, you know, there was that twinge of like, everybody said, this is what, you know, but I just tried to ignore it. Honestly, I just did my absolute best. And it was not something that every day was like, a, I, you know, I don't even remember crying about it that day. But it is something that just weighed on. It's something that I had to actively get over. Yeah. Um, and just celebrate my baby. Um, so, yeah. So I did not have postpartum depression. Like, it's just I was thrilled to be his mom. Mm-hmm. And Tommy and I actually fought over his name for seven months. And <laughs> when I had this birth that, you know, in Tommy's words, you know, she, had, she didn't get the birth that she wanted, so I gave her the name. Like, literally, he was Thomas Edward Oliver Jr., <laughs> Till after he came out and we were in the recovery room and Tommy's like, we can name him Brooks. (laughs) And that was it. That was it. (laughs) I didn't say, really? I said, okay, (laughs) where do I sign? Here's your push. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) legit, legit. (laughs) So I'm I'm in California. um, When you did do your transfer to hospital, did Heather and Kim um, come with you? Like how did that, they did. Um, they came with me. I remember um, them being there through the epidural, which had to happen twice. Like, did not work the first time. Mm. Um, and and then I took a nap. <laughs> I remember Kim being there when when I think when the uh, C section happened, but it was kind of a blur after that. There was a lot of things going on. But yeah, they were there and came back quite a bit. Kim is actually also a lactation consultant. Okay, so she was with me all the time. Got it. Got it. So you have Brooks. Yes. You're doing all the things with Brooks. All the things. <laughs> Y'all get pregnant again. Yes, we you did. Tell us about your um, pregnancy, your second pregnancy. Yes. So Brooks came October 2016. We knew that we didn't want to wait like too, too long. Um, and I knew that, uh, to have the best chance at just a healthy, happy birth and baby, 18 months was ideal for like the earliest that you want to have another baby for your body. And uh, obviously I'm 
thinking about VBAC. Um, not really promoting that, you know, but I'm like, yeah, this is what, in my mind, I'm like, this is what I'm working toward. Yeah. Um, and promoting mean like not really talking about it with people, but that was my, my, my hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so March, well, I didn't really know till April, but around April 2018, I like realized I'm pregnant, right? It wasn't like we weren't trying. We just weren't preventing it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I realized that I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm, I'm having the regular emotions of like, can I love another baby? I mean, not really that one, but like, <laughs> am I disrupting Brooks's life? He only knows it as the three of us. Like I had all of those. So there was a little bit of sadness, but mostly just like, yay, it's happening. Yeah. Um, so I still probably waited about two weeks or at least a week before I called Kim. Um, because I knew I wanted to work with, well, I was, I knew I wanted to try for a VBAC. Mm-hmm. I knew that I probably needed a doctor who specialized in VBACs or who, who had experience with VBACs because I didn't necessarily want to have a home birth with a VBAC. I was just a little bit more nervous about that. I, I wanted the best chance of success. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was before even having a conversation. It was just in my mind what was going on, but I knew I wanted Kim regardless to be there because she's also a doula so I'm like whatever's happening I need you so (laughs) I tell Kim that I'm pregnant I tell her I'm not really ready to like deal with it like to talk about it or anything because I'm getting used to the idea and she's like well let me and Allegra her partner now um in uh her their space kindred space LA their midwives together um let me and Allegra like come over and like let's just talk about it so that was probably another couple days or a week before they came over we talked about the VBAC. We just talked about everything as I wanted. And um, she had recommended her daughter, Yanni's doctor. So Yanni had um, had twins the year before, um, a difficult pregnancy, but she they all loved her doctor. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, Dr. Chang, you know, he's really good with VBACs. So um, I think you should go just talk to him. So, oh, and, and so I was cool with that. I'm going to do that. Great. Then she's like, and babies grow at the same rate. Babies, oh man, I got to remember now, but basically like after 10 or 11 weeks, it's hard to assess, um, uh, it gets harder to assess the precise due date because, well, as precise as you can get, because I think babies grow at the same rate after that. So like, no, genetics takes over after that. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier to assess how far along I am if I go within 10 or 11 weeks to the doctor, right? So just go find out how far along you're, cause we, we really didn't know. Yeah. So I went at the last minute, right? Like 11 weeks. So I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll make this appointment, go see Dr. Chang, right? <laughs> and um, we go to the appointment and um, so we know we're pregnant. I mean, we're hiding this pregnancy cause I'm like kind of big, right? We're hiding this pregnancy, but you pop out earlier <laughs> the second yes. time. Yep. Yes. Yes. So we're, we're covering it up. Um, doing a lot of work. Like it was a very difficult time. And we go to the doctor and it's actually Chang's partner. Um, and uh, he, they're doing the ultrasound, him and the nurse. And I have this beautiful video, if you want to post it, um, where the nurse says, no, the doctor says, is this your first ultrasound with this pregnancy? And I'm like, yeah, we told you that. Like, <laughs> we waited as long as possible. So he's like, is this your first ultrasound with this pregnancy? So we're both like, duh. And the nurse goes, can I tell him? And I could kind of see it, but I, I just didn't. I was like, I'm tripping, right? So Probably. she says that. That's when Tommy starts recording. 
And he's like, it's twins. One, two. (laughs) And I just giggled and cried and giggled and cried for like two weeks. Um, It was never, I was always happy about it. Um, Jokingly, well, I always wanted twins. I just thought it was like a silly thing that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. to people who don't have twins in their family. And I even joked uh, that I was going, actually my good friend Dana and I researched uh, how to make twins. And like you, you know, you eat yogurt, you (laughs) get pregnant right after your, 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 you stop using birth control, like all of these things to basically confuse your cycle into dropping more eggs. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I joked when I got pregnant that I forgot to like eat my yogurt and my yams, you eat yams. So anyway, all of this, right? And he's like, it's twins. And so I'm just giddy. I'm giddy. I'm in shock. I am delighted. Um, so I went through all of that wonderfulness, but I also was like, well, dang, does this mean I can't have a V-back? Um, you know, so then there was like the excitement, but like, and again, I am very much a your your birth plan changes. I get it. Like you do what you got to do to have a healthy baby. But I was like, man, that just, I'm going to have to make my peace with this C-section that I had and a second one potentially. Um, It was just always in the back of my mind. It wasn't something that um, I did not like stay up nights crying about it, but I sometimes I wanted to, like I was, I was salty. I was salty. I doubted myself. I felt like everybody who made their comments about the C-section just had one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that was my, that was my dark thought underneath all the joy. Um, but again, Chang specializes in V-backs and he assured me once we did meet, but he assured me that, you know, we, he was going to do everything he could to make sure that that's what happened. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah. So that was, my pregnancy was great. I did not, still did, still did not have morning sickness. I was a little dizzy, I think because of having a toddler. I was moving around so much. I'm up and down and up and down yeah. with these two children in my, in my body. <laughs> um, so the, 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 the thing was always like, man, can I have this V-back? Like I was just always, it was in, my, in the back of my mind. Um, I continued to see Kim as my doula. And, um, and Dr. Chang, you know, for doctor's appointments, which were much more frequent with twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and just tried to be healthy and keep my mind right. Keep my mind open. Yeah. Um, so the birth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, so with twins, you typically give birth, I think, between 34 and 36 weeks or 34, maybe 38 max, right? It's just mm-hmm. like normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and around, and I just, babies like being inside of me, okay? So even though there were times where it felt like they're coming tomorrow, right? It's like 32 weeks. And I'm like, I feel them sliding out right now. Like these babies are coming, right? They did not. They just sat back up in there and they were like, no, nah, we good. So, um, (laughs) so 37 weeks I go. So at that point I'm seeing my doctor, I think twice a week. Um, I go and, um, it's a Saturday and his partner is there who I don't like very much. He's fine. I just don't like him as much as Dr. Chang. Um, his partner is there because Dr. Chang had a, had a birth at the hospital. So he's doing the regular um, ultrasound, um, just checking on the babies. And, oh, by the way, they were head down, like, my whole pregnancy. Mm. Head down, whole pregnancy. He's there. Suddenly, one is not head down. Um, 
Oh, wait, is that how? Yes, one is not head down. I don't remember who it was. And um, he's like, did Dr. Chang mention that he's going to induce you? Like, just casually, this is why I don't like him, just casually saying that. And I'm like, no. He might have even worded it like, so you're going to be induced. And I was like, what? Like, it was just. That's probably the way that it What now? Mm -hmm. Right? Right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, nope, wasn't mentioned. Don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, okay, well, he'll call you, right? Like, I, you know, 37 weeks, you know, uh, he'll call. And, and one of the babies is breached, you know, we'll, we'll, he'll call you. So I, it was just a hard morning kind of, again, I, I, I try to keep a space of peace. Whatever's meant to be will be. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, all of it's going to shit now because oh, right. Dr. Chang's not here. <laughs> this man is telling here me we're going to do something else. <laughs> right. You know, to me, any, any intervention is automatic C-section. So that day was long. I think that appointment was probably 9 or 10 a.m. Um, I remember talking, to, like trying to talk to Kim and trying to talk to Dr. Chang. Like he, you know, like I said, he had a birth. So I, the whole day was spent like all of us trading calls. Yeah. And um, what it came down to was that Dr. Chang basically said that after 37, or, or basically where I am now, my placenta with these two babies is, is being worn down. Mm-hmm. And the older the placenta gets, the less my chances of a VBAC are, or the harder my chance of a VBAC becomes, because the babies and I don't have enough you know, energy and um, strength to come out naturally right? Because the placenta is weakened. And so we don't want to compromise the baby's health as a result. And so at 37 weeks with twins, this is pretty much the best bet. And it was a Saturday and he was like, you know, I was like, can I, do I have time to think about it? You know, he was like, look, they have an opening tonight at midnight. Um, and if you wait, you know, to tomorrow or the next day, like it'll be busy. It'll be a busier hospital on a Monday than it is on Saturday. So I just, and he also said that what you need, you know, in order to have a VBAC or in order to have the best chance of a VBAC, you have to be committed, your doctor has to be committed, and your hospital has to be committed to that goal. Mm -hmm. And you have all of those things. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, he wasn't pushy. He was just, like, matter of fact about it. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what it is. I'm good. You're good. Hospital's on board. What you want to do? So, um... I talked to Kim. I was probably crying all day. Oh, I talked to Kim about it. Um, and, and we just decided to do it. Uh, we probably decided at like 3 p.m. And we had to be there at midnight. And we didn't have no crib. We had a crib. and We just didn't have anything set up. We were just not ready. So Tommy and I spent the rest of the day like preparing me, you know, preparing the house. Yeah. Um, just trying to like be okay with it. Uh, you know, sending Brooks away, like all of these things had to happen yeah, in a few yeah. hours um, and not in a fun way, like my water broke, you know, like it yeah, was like, yeah. oh, we're going to get this induction. Um, but just tried to be upbeat about it. Um, and so we go in at midnight. So also, I forgot about this. There is a method of induction that is not um, through drugs. There's like this, I think it's called a Foley balloon mm-hmm. that they put mm-hmm. in your cervix and your vagina and it yep. like helps to expand. I'm not, I'm not telling y'all. I know y'all know. No, <laughs> we're, we're agreeing with, yes, she's yeah. on track. Yes. But, <laughs> yeah, correct me if I say anything no, wrong, but yes, perfect. it was a learning experience for me because I was like, oh, that's, that's positive, right? Like that's a West right. one way. Yep. 
Um, so I felt good about that. And so we get in shortly after midnight and they do that. And, and let me say this about childbirth for me. I love being pregnant. I love being pregnant. I do not like childbirth because to me, it's a whole bunch of decisions. It's a whole bunch of decisions and for me and in my experience, but it's a, it's just a bunch of decisions that are high risk, right? Like you make the wrong decision and it can affect the health of you or your baby. You make the wrong decision and you could end up with a C-section when you didn't have to and you don't know. And so it's stressful on my mind, right? Mm -hmm. And so everything was that for 24 hours because basically I'll, I will share the whole birth, but go in at midnight. These babies were born midnight the next day. Mm -hmm. So we go in at midnight, we have this Foley balloon induction, um, uncomfortable, but not, you know, Hey, we all survived. Um, and I think they said that it takes four to eight hours, um, to, to, to be effective. And I think by hour four or five, it, I went to pee and it like fell out. And I was like, oh no, it fell out. This is terrible. <laughs> and they were like, no, that's good. <laughs> uh, that's what's supposed to happen. So that was a freaking yeah. relief. Yes. Um, I feel like they and, always skip that part. <laughs> right. It might fall out. It's so right. surprised when it does. I'm like, not a no, <laughs> You know, maybe it was a good surprise though. Like, right. Mm -hmm. It was only, it was only scary for like a minute. And then they were like, no, that's good. And I was like, I'm winning. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> And let me also mention that there was a, the nurses were amazing there and there, I was at Cedar sinai um, mm -hmm. and there was a nurse midwife there. Um, so that mm -hmm. was also very reassuring. Um, so, so, and they were, the people that I liked the most were like the overnight people, which is like when I arrived and then when the babies came. Um, so it falls out four or five hours in and then we just kind of go through contractions, you know? Um, I did end up having Pitocin um, because at some point the contraction sort of slowed down. So, but again, even just that decision, right? Like, Oh, they right. telling me I got to do that. Like I, yeah. it was just a lot. Everything was like, Kim, what should I do? Dr. Chang, you sure? Well, you know, I'm just yeah. calling everybody. Um, and, and that's what I really don't like about childbirth, but um, all of the decisions, all of these decisions all day long, eventually got an epidural um, don't really remember, you know, it was just painful. I don't really remember a lot of those details, but I did. But every single one of these decisions, I'm like, oh Lord, is that the nail in the coffin? I'm about to have a C-section. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did have an epidural. And so what I remember is, what I remember is close to 11 PM. Um, the, the nurse midwife comes in and she's like, why don't you just like push just a little bit so I can see how I think maybe she said how you push or or how you're doing down there or something. I, I had to be dilated at that point enough for her to even say it. I don't remember, you know, yeah. everything was going well, even though for me it was stressful because I had all of these decisions to make and I mm -hmm. had this underlying fear that at the end of all this work and all these decisions and all this mindfulness, I'm just going to end up getting cut open. It really probably wasn't that dramatic for anyone else, but for me, that's the fear that I had. Mm -hmm. right. um, so she asked me to do this like push and then she was like, whoa, whoa, you're doing great. Like stop <laughs> pushing. I'm going to call the doctor. Right. And I was like, oh my God, the baby's coming. Right. Like no one's saying you have to be cut open. Like this yeah. is like, she just, she just freaked out because there was a baby coming out. Right. So I was mm -hmm. just so, that was the first moment where I was just like, oh my God this is happening. Yeah. Um, so they call the doctor. 
when you're having twins, you have to be in an OR just in case anything happens. Um, so I, we go to the OR, we're waiting for my doctor, which was super annoying because I was like, I do not want to have one baby before midnight and one baby after midnight. So let's get this, let's get this. I don't even want to be close to 12. Let's, let's get this 11 o'clock thing happening. Um, ultimately, the babies came at 12.05 and 12.15, something like that. Okay. Um, pushed one them birthday. out. Pushed them out one birthday, November 12th, 2018. Um, pushed them both out. Every moment of it felt amazing. Um, and and I was in disbelief. You know, like it was just like, this is happening. Yeah. Um, I, I just discovered a week ago that Tommy has like a hundred pictures that I've never seen. Okay. <laughs> from, <laughs> from those moments. His personal um, stash. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, so ultimately, honestly, I felt very comforted by the nurse midwife. I felt, felt very comforted by one of the nurses that was there who actually came to me the next day and told me that she had a C-section and that I was her hero mm. for, for showing her that, that she could have a VBAC. It was just amazing. It was amazing. And one of the things that I've never said to my doctor that I need to say is that I did have a lot of I did have a lot of fear and a lot and a lack of trust um, that he did not deserve. <laughs> Ultimately, everything that he said, he backed up, you know, everything he said he did when he said, you know, the hospital, the doctor and you have to be on the same page and we're good. I still felt like, yeah, but, you know, and, you know, at the end of the day, it all worked out and I'm so grateful. Um, and it, and it just meant so much to me because I had had a C-section that I didn't want to have. And I know that F, that won't be everyone's story, right? Like, but I, for me, it meant a lot. It, it just, it gave me something that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I had a lot of people saying that I couldn't do it. And not that they were like, oh, you, Cody, can't do it. But saying that this wasn't possible, both the me having a vaginal birth period, but also the VVAC with twins, like what? (laughs) Um, (laughs) That it just gave me something that I needed to remember and remind others that it's all worth working hard for, like physically, mentally, choosing the right team to be around you. Like I, I, knowing Kim, is how I got Dr. Chang. Mm-hmm. Like right. even that, even finding the right people that I trust to say, hey, here's a doctor I recommend, mm-hmm. right? And I just really, that to me, I want for everyone who has a baby, like right. surround yourself with people who will support what you want and who are resourceful, you know, that may not be all your besties. If they support you, great. Then you find the professional who has the resources. Um, but that that team is really, really, really important. And so I'm just really grateful to Kim forever and ever um, and my doctor and Tommy for never questioning any of it. Yeah. Tell me how that baby turned around. Oh, that part, girl. <laughs> when I tell you that that morning... They, that, that, that morning, I think it was Langston was breached and by 11 o'clock PM, cause he was breached when we went in for the induction. Right. So I still was like, 
hoping and praying <laughs> with my fingers crossed, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, by evening, he had turned, no, it wasn't even evening. When I had the first one, when I had Aristotle, Chang is like, uh, okay, the baby turned around now. Like it was literally like he just flipped over and was like, we doing this. It happened then. I Great. forgot about that. It's like my brother oh my left God. me. I got to get yeah. out of here. I got to go. I got to go. Yes. I got to get my life together. Right. <laughs> yep. He was like, we out here. <laughs> Yep. Oh, forgot. Wow, yeah. that would have turned. That would have been a whole different story. I know. I had a V back in and I know that was my fear. <laughs> like I, I forgot about up. that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I went into every moment, kind of like, well, then, the, then that's the next hurdle, right? But he turned around. Yes. And oh man, to the confidence too of your your provider um, in their own skill set and what mm -hmm. was going on that they didn't just say, okay. Well, mm -hmm. one's not turned around, so we're just going to go yep. to the yeah. old bar. You know, like they were trusting in you, trusting the process and themselves. Yeah. Sometimes it is out of fear for whatever adverse outcome could happen that right. some providers right. do just err on the side of caution and go with the surgical birth. So, yeah. 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 That, wild. <laughs> I know. It was crazy. Minutes it was crazy. And, <laughs> and his partner was there, too. Um, I don't remember why, but he was there at the beginning. Um, he was there the whole time. Terrible. Yeah. And I know that if like, for some reason, if it was just him, I'm sure he would have been like, let's just, let's just do a C-section. We already in here. Mm -hmm. um, so he I'm just really it. grateful. That's why he was there. He wanted yeah. to see <laughs> you know what's funny? Everybody, like everybody was like, I saw a twin V-back. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because it's I was absolutely like, amazing. <laughs> it is. They know what they're watching. They know they've seen a miracle. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm, I I go back to um <clears throat> well, I think about, you know, you saying really having to in the with Brooks trying to get all those outside voices mm -hmm. from coming in. Um and I think many of us as we have all this new technology all these new platforms that are trying to inform all this um real work about centering and um changing what care looks like for for us as um people of color i think it's also shifted the generation before us and how they saw birth and so for them it was like well everybody else did it so it's going to happen and that's just right. the story that keeps being told or um put on other people who are pregnant because what you, you know, you don't know what you don't know sometimes. Um, right. But it, birth is just so intense. Pregnancy, birth, postpartum is so intense because it is just a large spectrum of, I have no idea what's going to happen. The exactly. Next <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we I, all have different area, levels of okay with that. Exactly. Some of us like me are like, Ugh. exactly. <laughs> like, wait, I don't, I can't, like yeah. put this in a box. And so it really is a constant play on you being able to trust yourself mm -hmm. and what your capabilities are. So when you have people coming out, coming at you with those things, whether they're being intentional or not, it's like another layer knocked off of like, okay, well now I got to reevaluate. Mm -hmm. Is this possible? Um, mm -hmm. So that fear is real. Um, yeah. It is very yeah. real. And I think many individuals it's a constant battle of like, can I trust myself? So it, it's, it's beautiful then to hear you say like with your care provider, he was like, we got you. I got you. So you just worry about getting yourself. Yeah. yeah. You and he was almost nonchalant with it. Right. Cause he was just <laughs> like, 
be that's what I do, you right. know. <laughs> you know, but he appreciated that notch on his belt with the twins. You know, he was right. like, this "Oh yeah, twins, we, we got about this." That one. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, right. And I don't think, and I, I also say, you know, I don't think it's okay. I, we say this a lot as doulas and to each other, Danielle and I, and the other doulas we work with, like really encouraging our families to feel all the feels. Right. Like, yes, you had Brooks and he's wonderful, but that was an experience that changed you that you mm -hmm. weren't planning for and that you then had to like recenter your mind around. And right. So that's fine. Right. right. Um, and, and how do you then prepare for the next time to be able to say, okay, this is what, I'm, and you did that. You know, you're like, okay, I need to stack my team now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to ask all these questions so that I can, one, sit in that fear, but also be able to tell myself I'm going to be okay. Right, right. So. Yep. Oh, just... that's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. That is so beautiful. So what then was postpartum, like twins and a toddler, I'm yes. really grateful. I really never dealt with any postpartum depression. I, um, with the VBAC, okay, so it, I, I, I'm shocked that I even have that to compare the two experiences. So the difference, the biggest difference is that with the C-section, I didn't have anybody else to care for. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember it as this horrible, painful time that I couldn't walk. So that about C-sections, a lot of people do say that. And for me, it was obviously very uncomfortable. Um, and, it, and there was a there was a physical um, learning curve of just getting your getting being able to be mobile. Mm -hmm. um, but with the twins, we came home maybe like three or four days later. And I remember the next morning I got up and got Brooks ready for school. And that's and that was one of those moments, too, where I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that I did this this that I was able to do the VBAC mm -hmm. because I can't imagine doing that with um without it and it was really important to me because I just wanted him to feel as like normal as possible yeah. and certainly not like oh mommy can't help you because of the twins yeah. right yeah. so I remember that I got up and got him ready for school there were some times when I overdid it <laughs> okay in the, in the next <laughs> week or two but I got up and got him ready for school and I was like this is the life. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. You can walk around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I made. I remember making brownies or cookies or something a couple days later. I'm standing in the kitchen. My aunt is like, can you go lay down somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pleasant because I was sort of celebrating that win. Not just mm -hmm. because of that. I mean, yeah. look, I had my dream twins, my amazing little boy already. I was just in a happy place. Okay. Right. Um, you know, the hardest part was that I had to start working very early. Um, but overall it was, it was a happy time an exhausting, happy time. Yeah. You mentioning that you had to work. I'm, I'm think you started black love right when you had Brooks, correct? Yes. So okay. we had actually been shooting for almost two years before, um, 
own decided to license the show. We pitched okay. it as, um, so we were shooting interviews. So we had 60 interviews. Yeah. And mm-hmm. while pregnant is when we started cutting those into four episodes. We went out to with the first episode, a sizzle for the rest of them, and a written treatment for the first four episodes. And that's what we went out with. And Own was like, we want it. And that was probably... October, like, no, 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 September. It was late August, early September that this like negotiating was happening. And so I knew that there was a chance that I would have to like do some work um, because we didn't cut all four. We just cut the first one. And so they, by, by October, they were like, we want it for sure. We're negotiating. Then they're like, we want to air it in February. So you have to turn it in in January. So I started working five weeks after I had Brooks on editing the, the rest of the show mm-hmm. and just preparing to turn it, in, turn it in in January. So we worked through Christmas. Like, not like it was horrible. We didn't have yeah. Christmas. We went, we went to Texas. We, we actually went to Philly, too, if I recall. But we were just working a lot the whole time. Yeah. Um, and then, so that was literally 2016. Right after I had Brooks is when like the, the, the stuff hit the fan in a good way. Yeah, you know, people right. say babies bring blessings. So it was a lot of work, but it was like, yay, now I don't have to really be trying to steal health insurance. Cause I didn't even have health insurance when I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. I had to get health insurance after I got uh, pregnant. That's where we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. things got crazy in a good way after, right after he was born. And then when the twins were born, I had to start working on season three. Because we had a a date a deadline, yeah. so I had to start working three weeks after they were born. Slowly, I eased in. I was working from home. I was on my computer, but I had to. And then I had to go start going to the office. I think three months in. Okay. Um, but it was still like plenty of work happening at home. But three months okay. in, I had to start going to the office. Okay. Woo. I would have been so stressed <laughs> if I'd had the C-section and the, the crazy work schedule, my mind would have been so messed up. It would have been just too much. That's yeah. That, that was, a, it was a gift. It was a it gift. Was. You got sure. to sit in that joy. Mm-hmm. Um, not just of them being born. Cause that's enough as you say, of course, but to add that, like the extra boost of, yeah, I am exactly who I thought I was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> yes. And it, you know what? It meant a lot to me because ever since watching Birth Story and my friend Ashley having her first home birth, and like I mentioned, she has three now. So I think I went through the first two with her before. Not with, I wasn't there, but mm-hmm. before I even had one kid. Um, I have been an advocate for knowing your options like since then what since I had the gift of knowing mine I've Mm -hmm. like hey everybody look into this you know and I didn't even know what I was talking about but I'm like come on guys let's let's research um and so it gave me for me if I had had two c-sections back to back for me personally it probably would have made me feel like I can talk about it but I I haven't experienced it. And I don't mean the it like the vaginal birth, but like mm-hmm. even just the different types. Like it would have made me second guess my ability to um I don't know, to to speak out so much. Mm-hmm. Um and and so it, it gave me the boost that I needed to to use my voice. Yeah. Um and so that's why I'm just so adamant. I'm, you know, at the end of the day, I would be grateful no matter what. I would feel like Kim Durden, who was um, one of my midwives with Brooks, 
my doula, her, one of her, like I said, she got five kids, her, her middle, her teenager journey, babies at Brooks for months while we did black love her oldest yanni who had twins with dr chang before i had twins with dr chang like her and her family have been such a gift to me and all that started because i was like i need to find a black midwife in la so i'm just grateful for this journey and every step and every moment of it and every person that's come into my life as a result of it um and so I, I'm thrilled at my sort of like my personal storybook <laughs> ending to my, my childbirth um, um, journeys. Yeah. And, and it just has given me that boost, really. Absolutely. I'm thinking of your mother sharing her um, C-section story with you. Did she mm-hmm. actually share the story with you or did she just tell you she had a C-section? I've always known that she had two C-sections and I've always known that, especially the second was because that's just what they did. You had a C-section, you got to have another one. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I've always known that and thought of it that way too. Like, oh, they just didn't know any better. She doesn't really talk about it from a place of emotion. I don't mm-hmm. actually think she really has any emotional attachment. I should ask her. But I don't think she has any emotional attachment to, to that. Um, but man, she probably has told me sort of how the first one happened, but again, Mm -hmm. it was with so little extra. It was just like, well, this happened and then this happened. And they were like, you should have a Mm C-section. Um, it was very matter of fact, I guess is the best way to describe it. Understood. Yeah. And I think that's normal of her generation, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, this is just what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and it's almost an emotion in and of itself, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, for sure. I know we had my mom on here to share her birth story. And it felt, and we've talked about her birth story before, like because I had a home birth and she was really involved with that and things came up for her during mm-hmm. that process. So she started talking. But even in the interview, I felt like it was like a tug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like looking at her like we've done this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is a so, generational thing. Yes. Uh and definitely even some of women my mother's age are just like, well, I don't really have a story. It's really right. not a birth story. Right. It's like mm-hmm. there is a birth story. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, yes, there is. <laughs> yeah. But helping them unlock that and even having the language to themselves as having a story um, right yeah and what that that carries on when they talk to their daughters about pregnancy yeah yes so we're hoping platforms like this helps with that Absolutely. but i also i think a real like a great way to segue into black love is like your platform has opened up mm-hmm. a whole I don't even have the words for what it's opened up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that both of these are super important. I mean, I think for me, I wanted to create a place where black love stories live because it didn't exist. It like literally didn't exist. Yes. We were we were all culling together our family's stories or that movie that we love or that one show, which was the Cosby show. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. You know, and when I was experiencing or reading this data about a black marriage crisis and a friend of mine was going through a really bad breakup where she was just like, no one's happy. It's horrible. The outlook is bleak. Like, um, I was like, man, I just want to be able to point her in a direction of like, no, look, 
it's possible. Yeah. And it didn't exist. And so I, that's why I created it. That's why I love your podcast, your platform, because I was at home reading all of these white women's stories and that's, and they're, they're valid. I just appreciate when I can learn from people who look like me, especially because we just deal with different things in life. Right. You know what I mean? When these women were in, in Ina Mae Gaskin's book, were having babies at, on the farm in 1970, whatever, black people were still being treated like second class citizens. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the stories are important because they reflect um, our community, they reflect um, the times um, and our, uh, our, our journeys as, as black people, um, which is specific and unique. Um, so I am just super passionate that we should be telling our stories and, and uh, uh, love and childbirth are two extremely important ones that we all experience some version of throughout our lives. And I mean that from the standpoint of you guys are even talking about fertility and adoption and all of that. And I just think it's so important. Yes. So how many seasons are we in? Um, I know. Y'all want to talk about black love. I want to talk about birth stories. No, I'm just <laughs> we are currently, um, we have three seasons, which all three. So Tommy and I own the show. That's all yeah. Tommy. He is a big boss negotiator um, who's ownership. all about ownership. Yes. Yeah, and I, I agree. And so we own the show. It airs on OWN, but we have made all three seasons available on Facebook for free um, until further notice. Y'all get um, on it. <laughs> so they are right there to watch. We also have on, on our social platform. So at black love on Instagram and at black love doc everywhere else. We have, you know, clips from the show. We have bonus clips that aren't in the show unaired clips. We have, um, we just try to create tons of content around black people and love. And I mean, love from the standpoint of parenting, sisterhood, brotherhood, dating, self-love, um, our goal is to highlight us um, growing, like challenging the way that people think um, about love so that we can come into relationships, any relationship as our best selves, yep. which is a lifelong journey. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Hmm. Share your birth stories. Share your birth stories. Share this podcast with everyone you know, um, not just mine. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, know that you have options in both uh, childbirth and relationships, <laughs> and that you can change your journey, your trajectory every day. I need to tell myself that. Okay, listen. Write it on a sticky and just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. For real. You have the power. I need to put that up right now. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. This was beautiful. Thank you. I'm so excited. I've never thank gotten you. to like share all of it. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 